Gentlemen, start your engines! Good afternoon, Radio Hotline. For those who don't know, Radio Hotline. Thanks for coming and making time. It's on everybody's mind. For those who don't know, there's a big shebang. Sorry about that. Diabolical, uh, um, um, technical goodies. Radio Hotline. Oh, cheers, boys. Cheers. Cheers. Welcome to an episode of 99 of Radio Hot Lap. They say any podcast that takes a light-hearted look at the world of motor racing, local and international, cool emerging technology, gadgets, barbecues, and sometimes people on mountains eating hot chicken wings. That's right. George Medici, you've got one right in your mouth. What's the story with that, son? Um, hello, viewers. Uh, no, it's fantastic, Johnny. You've excelled yourself, mate. This is yes. incredible. American buffalo wings. Now we don't often start on a meaty off on a meaty subject, do we, JP? We don't, but we we had these once before. Episode ninety, whatever it was. Whatever we've eaten mm. them before. Beautiful. Hang on, is, is that a drumstick or a chicken wing? No, it's a chicken wing, but it's a big meaty one that looks like a drumstick. <laughs> so if it's are wings, they, this is like being in Hooters, isn't it? Really. Organic. John, are they organic? No, they're battery Look, farms. Before we go oh, on any further, I can't eat anything that's got hormones <laughs> injected <laughs> into it. Viewers, you've heard the voices. You can see I can't control them. On the left, Jack Ellsgood having a meaty wing. Jack. Hello, Jackie. Hi, Jack. Hello, Jackie. Hello, viewers. <laughs> Linda Lynn, Long. A blast uh, in the past. Third last year at. Uh, Sorry, that's yours as well. <laughs> at uh, Mount Buller. Hi, viewers. Hello, boys. Mark Fogarty from Auto Action, the editor at large. at large, who can never be found because he's somewhere between here. Often he's senator. Somewhere. Hello again, viewers. <laughs> George Meadie. He must send. Son of the father. Hi for the second time, everyone. Yeah, Mount yeah, Buller, George, here we are. George and Chape. Yeah, and what am I drinking? You a are. <laughs> and, many, and we have many extras. This we is do a have, we have cast the thousands, actually. There's yeah. a major crowd coming here tonight just for this. Once again, we're enjoying in rest in peace paul newman mm. yep. deluxe ranch dressing with slivers of celery jackie now you really like that you're a beachside mm. kind of guy so celery would go along with your surf i'm having a bit of i'm having a bit of color but i can't yeah. say i'm a fan of the taste <laughs> first day here at <laughs> then just stop laughing <laughs> first day here at mount buller hey can i just a protest come on well, hey, hold on i came all the way up here on the basis this was going to be the famous episode 100, the century. Minus one. Yeah, and what is it? 99. <laughs> I got done in 99, you can get that anywhere. Any old <laughs> You're place. You're in the media. Yeah. You used to get them conned. Oh, That's right. This is wicked. What's going on? Yeah. Viewers, so, we're just going to So what happens going. with 100? Uh, we're just going to get that job guessing. that long. You get used to it after a while, but oh, like, no. you know, you know, it's outrageous, always, isn't it? Yeah, so the viewers will be guessing about episode 100. <laughs> it'll be a big surprise. Yeah, it'll come about. It'll be a big when, surprise for me yeah, and Johnny too. Yeah. It's the first day of Mount Buller here and lovely weather after last year. Terrible weather. Mm, George, snow. you're here for the first time. Jack, we're here for the first time together with a car that um, 
is actually running quite nicely. But uh, the rumours going around that I've actually got the flick from the passenger seat this weekend in favour of JP, even though he's got another 15 kilos on board. At the moment it's a rumour, but I hope that it becomes fact. Ooh, <laughs> you heard it oh, first. You know, <laughs> well, at least you know his paperwork's in order. So it's not a rumour, it's informed speculation. You know why, though, don't you? What? It's, it's the Clarkson pregnant pauses that I do, so that I call it just as he's getting up to the corner. <laughs> this is going to be interesting tomorrow. His voice is the wrong frequency, it just doesn't register. <laughs> How are these? JP, I hear you loud and clear. <laughs> yes, so does it matter, Jack, does it matter? I mean, they're just ballast anyway, aren't they? Well, they're slowing you down, really. John, you're not eating all the I mean, the if, I had a, if I had a choice, I mean, unfortunately the regs require you've got to have someone next to you. Yeah. you know, unfortunately. But, well, what about so George's? Co-driver navigator. Speaking of which, <laughs> what, he weighs about 30, is it 13 grams? Is that how, how much he weighs? I think he's um, tinier no. than me. Little, he little, he's tinier than everybody. Little Daniel Wilson, actually current uh, champion co-driver in the Tasmanian Rally Championship. You're right, 43 kilos. Yeah. Oh legend. no, well, I oh. beat him. That's why I'm going to eat you that drunk. But you're a girl, not a You're actually more. <laughs> My wallet, so, actually, my wallet weighs more than 43 kilograms. How does that work? Are you boasting, folks? Yeah, I was about to say, if or this just economy, got, like, your wallet's weighing that heavy. No. I like it's you. Like a, well, it's good. It's padding in the car. It's like an airbag, isn't oh. it? Yeah. Two pairs of dollar coins. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, George, one cent. One cent <laughs> Settle down, no, you guys. No. Okay, you can yeah. take control later. Okay, sorry. But, George, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, you've, you've only been doing circuit racing V8 Utes this year. Also, a great race I saw recently uh, with you at uh, Oran Park, stalled on the grid. The whole everybody, everybody who swamped you, including your dad, but you managed to come through to beat everybody. Yeah, I d- didn't stall, Johnny. I was, I was watching the wrong lights. <laughs> Everyone's gone and suddenly you're going into the first corner on fifth in class. But no, you know, they, we had a really good car in the wet and, and managed to fluke it and get through and, uh, and, and take another outright win in a class D vehicle. So no, pretty happy with that. And then you know, obviously class we're here D. this weekend. It's so. good sound of class. Shut up, idiot. And you're enjoying Listen. yourself this weekend, aren't you? This weekend's going all right. Yeah. yeah. So you, you you like that Evo thing? Well, you know, it's the first time I've driven it. Um, yeah. Didn't drive it until today, but you know, like I said, like I was saying to Jack before, it's um, it's only the start of the weekend. So hopefully we can continue to improve from here. From the outside looking in, a lot of people might think, "Geez, that's a pretty odd thing to do." Like you looked at the wrong lights. And when you watch people who watch motor racing, they see the the the, the funniest and dumbest mistakes made. Why do you think that happens? What, what other lights were Yeah, what there? lights were you watching? That's what I was doing. No, no, I mean, I'm not trying to pay it on. No, no, no. Why do, why do people go option? off on the first corner of Memphis with a bad wipe? At, at Oran Park, people don't know, but there is an option of lights to look at. And okay. as my car's left-hand drive, I was, and I'm six foot five, I'm, my head's hitting the roof anyway, and I already had to strain forward to look down at the lights. And the ones that I saw first, I looked at. Dumb mistake, but there you go. It didn't, didn't really hurt me much in the end, so I'm still happy. It's all right. How did you get in the car? But where are the other lights? Uh, it's all by the uh, old, down there by the old control tower on the inside of the field. So you run the long wheelbase version of, <laughs> any, of anything? I would like to. You know, they get, I, I arrived. Uh, I arrived to the to Buller this weekend, and the, the guys had the Evo, and they. I said, look, I want it as low and as far back as it would go, and it still wasn't far enough. So they've had to modify all the seat rails and everything like that to get me in the thing. So, you know, makes it tough, but 
God, I love motor racing, so if I have to take a Vaseline bath and a running start to get into a car, I'll <laughs> Interesting. Nice. Yeah, nice that's a price. good vision yeah. there. Yeah. I'm it is, sure. yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Well, it's been an interesting week in motorsport. Firstly, we must celebrate the huge success of my ability to be able to digest a small piece of celery that quickly. But also, um, uh, Mark's great. <laughs> retiring. Well, what? You're not going to And you heard it first. You heard it first. I still so apologise. In fact, you went to the launch of his retirement. I did the launch of his retirement. The announcement I did, yes. With the launch of his retirement. Yes. And the new. But it'll be a long time coming. I mean, it's about the third story I'd written in three weeks saying it was going to happen, and finally it did. Shock. What a shocker. Well, of all of the guys that are in there, he was the last remaining that used to be in my dad's era, and my dad's 60, so get the fuck out. Oh, oh, Steve. Pregnant. As hosts, we that didn't say that. Just one of our guests, he won't be along anymore. Since no, we don't edit. These young children we today have, have no manners, do no. they? No manners. Apparently not. No. There's Ryan, no restraint. I apologise. Ryan Briscoe must be congratulated for a wonderful effort uh, to fly the flag for Australia for the first time in the Indy in uh, 18 years. Jackie, you've done a lot of racing up there. George, yourself also. One event. Once. But on the podium, son. Yeah, what do you next, think to, about next to Jackie. Ryan Briscoe. You're, time, you're good mate. mates with Brian because you know him. Brian. Ryan Briscoe. Brian. Brian. <laughs> Brian. <laughs> the life of Ryan. <laughs> Brian Briscoe. Yeah, Brian Briscoe, that's it, yeah. <laughs> what? So, Who is he? <laughs> Johnny's lost it, viewers. You have lost the plot. No, I haven't no, lost the plot. Oh, come so on. You. You so, gee, Mark Scaife's history, isn't he? Poor bloke announced his retirement, gets three laps. Three lines on this program. That's it. That, well, you are history very fast, aren't you? It's sad. And it's then the we're Ryan Briscoe, who wins a non-points yeah. race. Yeah, but honestly, you know, Ryan, Ryan. Yeah. Scaife's got a bigger nose than Johnny, and Johnny takes it very personally. So you'll only ever get three oh, lines oh, on his show. It is. It is the battle. It's the battle of the schnozzes, oh. isn't it? Eh? Look, no. Oh, I'm happy to admit. I reckon, Scaife, I reckon Scaife, I don't mind about a bit of a schnoz. He's been called the nose cone for years. The human air cleaner, as Rick, mm. Rick Shaw put it. Yeah. Rick Shaw has always called him that. Yeah. I think we'll leave it alone. So, 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 so is that all you're going to tell us about Scaife's retirement fight? I can tell you heaps, but you won't let me get a word in Edgewood. Please do. Considering you're from auto action and you've got you know, episode 13, 14 here. Yeah, we're, we're, we're slightly ahead of you. Mm. We're well, slightly ahead of you. See, it was very good coming over, I have to tell you, on the way over to Mount Buller. Because the minute we hit the Victorian border, we could buy auto action. <laughs> it's magic, isn't it? It is. Why magic. is that, though? Why is it that Victoria can get it? What? You know what? I'm sorry. Victoria I can do this now that the editor's in. You've my just answered pet your own peeve, question. My pet peeve is, years well, ago, it? I signed up for a subscription to Auto Action, right? <laughs> on the condition that you were going to get it on time and, you know, and you were going to and save you money and all this. Always walk in the news. My open. God, I could walk in the, and I could get, mm. like I got last week's Auto Action two weeks mm. after the new one had come out, you know, and yeah. I just got, yeah, that was real value, wasn't it? I was so far. But I got sucked in the same that, way with motor magazines. It must be just magazine. Well, Australia to be Post. honest, you, you can't can't really blame 
auto action themselves no, you can't. because I do understand it is the fulfillment house and whoever sends it Australia out. Australia Post. Two words, Australia Post. Well, I have no faith in them whatsoever. So no. the thing is, though, you need to look at other avenues. We do. You have to get yeah. this organised because you yeah. lost you lost a subscriber. We did. I'm sure it's who you. And we're you. embarrassed. I can imagine. <laughs> we're embarrassed. But we can't do anything about it. But you haven't kept sending me letters saying we're really sorry, please. No. We want you back. May I apologise on behalf of the whole organisation that we have let you down. Well, I accept um, that. And I'll now remove my tongue from my mouth. <laughs> my cheek <laughs> is about to break through. Yeah. Uh, he was so sincere. Tell somebody who... Really gives up. Mm. No, it's, it's a problem, but it's out of the magazine's control. It's a distribution Is it any thing. better now, though? No. Oh. No, in fact, it, you could say it's gone backwards. <laughs> really? It has. No, it is bizarre. But talking about indie as we were earlier. Sorry, folks. Because we've had enough of auto action not being delivered, and you know, Um, again each week. (laughs) While we were talking about indie, yeah, I noticed uh, Campbell Little was up there apparently checking out the refueling rigs for the uh, indie cars with their ethanol 98%, ready for next year's introduction uh, in Australia uh, of ethanol fuel. And um, Johnny. Tell us about the US and the 98% ethanol rule. Well, uh, from what I learned on the weekend was that uh, you can't run 100% ethanol because... It's, People uh, will drink it. it mm. That's right. You've got to add 2% of... It's pure alcohol. Petrol. And yeah. that stops with the drinking. So there you go. It did it for me. I haven't touched a drop of ethanol for years. In fact, we can't name them. We can't name them individually. A bit like metho, you know, it used to be so cheap, but now it tastes disgusting. It tastes disgusting. So there you go. Government. Now, interestingly, Jason Bright has replaced Ross Stone on the V8 supercar board. Um, Stone Brothers Racing. Stoney's apparently uh, decided to concentrate, in inverted commas, on the running of SBR. Um, which you'd be well advised which to do. Which, obviously, yep. in view of uh, Ford's withdrawal of um, factory support, is uh, a very, probably, prudent idea for them. Prudent? Um, no, they've got Ford support. Oh, sorry. They're one they of the only two teams that they have. have. They have but to, they still have but a lot of work to do. A lot, a hell of a lot of work to do. And uh, on the same note, um, it would appear that they're going to pull out of uh, Fujitsu next year. Well, certainly that seems to be the go. Any news on that, Flo? Um, well, they haven't had a real heavy involvement in the Fujitsu series anyway. Um, Ford has clearly cut back their budget significantly by at least $3 million. They're backing only... Ford Performance Racing and Stone Brothers Racing next year. Ross Stone has been spending a lot of time on the board. Somewhat reluctantly, he got put on the board, having been on there before, um, to try and drive through um, some of the cost containment measures that were being promoted, which failed comprehensively again. And I think, among other things, he's just got sick of it. But Jason Bright was put up by Tim Edwards, who's the team principal of Ford Performance Racing. Um, on the basis that Jason is a, a pretty sensible bloke, has got some interesting ideas. Um, his team's struggling a little bit, so you might debate about whether business-wise Jason is quite the man to have on the board, but you know, we'll give him a chance. Um, he does have some interesting ideas, and um, I think it will work very well. The two incumbent 
Holden uh, team representatives on the board, Larry Perkins and Paul Morris, remain. Um, one of the problems with V8 supercars is and will always be the fact that basically the lunatics are on the asylum. <laughs> the sport is owned 75% by the teams and it's really difficult to drive through real change in any sport when the competitors own the sport. Um, just look at kart and then champ car, the disaster it became. Anywhere in the world, no motor racing series and certainly no sport has ever been run successfully um, when it is owned and operated essentially by the competitors. So until they manage to institute a V8, an independent V8 commission like the AFL commission has, because the AFL for a long time was just a nightmare to run because the clubs had such a big say. Now, they still own the sport, they still have a big say, but the AFL Commission, which is an independent body, actually runs the sport, and the AFL is a lot better off for it. And V8, to ultimately progress, needs to go there. It'll be done kicking and screaming and dragging them, but eventually the teams will have to recognise that they can't run the sport in which they participate because they've all got vested interests. Fair call. I'll get off my soapbox now. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, well, cool. just uh, one moment, Mr. Tierney. <laughs> Who is that? In fact, I think he would be an appropriate man to come and have a little chat on the radio show, episode absolutely. 99 of Radio Hot Lap. Now, this not man 100. Is in, not 100. An interloper. <laughs> he's not, but he's, no, in, he's, he's Mark Tierney. Mark Tierney oh, from yeah. Elf, yeah. Fuel, Elf, Elf or Race Fuels Australia. Okay. He's here at Mount Paul providing a great service, but. What's your call, mate, on the change to ethanol? Yeah, we've been talking about it. I know, we're just up in the old I'd, I'd run with two words, smoke and mirrors. <laughs> okay. Oh, big call. I reckon. Does, go for it. Does this mean we're going to be paying more for tea and coffee later because our sugar's expensive? Look, I think it's well documented that at the end of the day, the farming process to produce the ethanol far outseeds the you know the ability for us to produce it. There's way too much rainforest being destroyed to make the ethanol. So it's not the solution. Um, and it concerns me that in today's day and age a category that runs Ford and Holden is competing without cars that need ethanol in their road going versions. Uh, I think there's a lot more development to be done. I, don't, I have nothing against um, the ethanol blends of fuels. So I think uh, there's a huge potential marketing wise and from a business standpoint, we're certainly keen to get involved, but the industry is a long way off needing ethanol fuels. Uh, I think it's a very rosy, squeaky clean marketing campaign, but early days. Mark, it smells tight, like Club Queensland to me. <laughs> yes, it does, but at the, end of the day, at the end of the day, um, the powers that be couldn't source a fuel sponsor, and it's well documented that the, um, the oil companies are retracting. So they did need someone to provide fuel, and that said someone was supplying ethanol. Moving forward then, let's right. assume we're all using ethanol. How will we, as racers, how will we feel? Will our cars be better? What, forgetting about all the controversial issues, will, will engines work better for us on ethanol? The, the concerning statistic for me would be that we need 33% more fuel to obtain the, the same result. Yeah. That's not a racing mentality. Can you can you simplify that for the viewers that are non <laughs> non technical? Um, one third more, Johnny. 
You'll need one one third more fuel to obtain volume. the same. It's lactose. a volume of fuel, though, yeah. isn't it? The amount you use, yeah. Not, yeah. Not, not the quality yeah. of the fuel. Well, ethanol's different to petrol because, let's face it, fuel, in inverted commas, is an energy. Now, ethanol produces less energy than petrol, so you need more ethanol to obtain the same amount of power, now we might represent the horsepower, time or distance, as you would the same volume of fuel. Sure. So all of a sudden, in an environment where we're so used to and so focused on restricting and economising, we're now heading towards a, a period where we're, we're more interested in a product that gives us less benefit per litre, so to speak, than anything else. And Mark, the punters out there that are going to watch a bit of television and they are faced with three decisions, they're going to have poverty, medium or quality fuel, you know, at the pump, they're going to go, okay, so uh, do I have a flavour choice with ethanol and, you know, do I go as far? That, that's the simple sort of questions they're going to be asking. Well, I think and in the, do, the next... Do you think that it's going to work? The next 18 months, we're not going to see ethanol blends at service stations apart from E10. Um, the Australian Jeez. government's not not ready for a change to an E more than 10. What, what, um, the petrol so standards are such. that down for the viewers, what is E10? Oh, e, when you say E before the fuel, it's E is the percentage of ethanol followed by the percentage of petrol. So right. an E10 would be 10% ethanol, 90% petrol. An E85 is an 85% ethanol, 15% petrol. Right. But as I said, the, the Australian fuel standards as they sit they limit uh, ethanol at 10% for petrol. And is that because of all the hoo-ha that the car manufacturers brought out about, oh, don't run ethanol, it will screw your valves up and it will do this and it will do that? Which happened about 10 years ago. Well, it was a long time ago, but it seems well, to still be hanging yeah, around. And all the motor and well, it was seen as a way of watering down petrol, but the game has changed and it's moved on. V8 supercars move, if I may interject, to ethanol. It, is a marketing move as part of the V8 Racing Green initiative where they're trying to show that their carbon footprint is not very large at all. It's highly debatable, but they've done a deal with CSR Ethanol. CSR, of course, synonymous for sugar. And the ethanol is being, thank you, made from sugarcane. And there's plenty of it in Queensland, but it's a minuscule part of the market. You can only get E85 gas the petrol, fuel, whatever you like to call it, in Australia in about, what? I think there are two Adelaide. two service stations in the whole country. Yeah, two service stations, absolutely. Cause I've and probably one of them is the one at General Motors Holdens in, in Fisherman's Bends well, to fuel their own car. So it's not widely available. It does increase the consumption for the same amount of power. Uh, on the upside, it's... Um, carbon dioxide output is lower, is it not? Yeah, so it's, gre it's, it's, green, it's greener in the tailpipe emissions. It certainly cleaner. is greener, but certainly um, the cars are still going to be em emitting a level of sure. toxic gases, if you will. Um, so it's not the be-all and end-all solution. It's still a stopgap measure. Um, and look, a, a clever marketing ploy, but an interesting one considering that the it's not available in retail outlets and perhaps the demand it will broaden the, yeah. the availability oh, will broaden absolutely potentially it will but um, it's also let's not forget the oil companies of the world are fairly serious in keeping their market share so there's no doubt that um, petrol while there's a trillion litres of, of crude oil underground mm. petrol's here to stay for a long time um, and ethanol needs to be a cheaper alternative to make it work now 
the reason I, I raised that point is that the Shell 100 fuel, which had 10% ethanol, was recently taken off the market because it, for lack of a clever marketing ploy, it, it didn't sell. Yeah, it was more expensive. Big power racing. Big power racing. Yeah. It did not sell. So the new premium fuel for Shell, when they say premium, is the, the top of the range fuel for Shell is 98 octane fuel. There's, at this stage, a very quiet, silent discussion about ethanol. There's no, our best fuel is ethanol. They're saying our best fuel is 100% percent Shell, Shell, in Shell. fact, is now promoting E10. They've gone on the front foot. Yeah, but not, as, not as their premium product. Their no, premium well, product. except it goes on a lot of stations around the country, from the literature I saw, it's going up as the, the headline price, you know, on the board outside the station, mm. which oh, has absolutely. been the, the price after you deduct the mm. four cents from coal. That price now is going up. No, but that price is now going up as the headline as the E10 fuel, so they're pushing Absolutely, it. but that's that's marketing to the consumers who mm. are, you know, the the Commodore station wagon, the Falcon Ute, the, the, at the end of the day, the... Mums and dads. Mums and dads, yeah, thanks, yeah. Linda. Um, and the, you know, the, the interesting this, thing this for VA Super... Motor, this about motorsport at the end of the day and, and about car enthusiasts, and I think they're marketing their car enthusiast product of being a petrol product. Not an ethanol blend. No, that's, and that's the, the confusing thing that I think about it from the average person that knows nothing about cars and fuels, but yes, go to the service station and fill it up, you hear ethanol and all this. What is the downsides or the upsides of using ethanol in a standard car now, where you've just got to run unleaded, or let's say, for example, turbo cars that have to run 98? What's going to be with that? Like, is it going to damage the cars? Do you have to do anything special? Do the manufacturers have to do anything mm. with the cars mm. to allow yep. them to run this? And should cars in the future be manufactured specifically for mm. ethanol? I think as of right now, uh, and I can only comment on motorsport sense because I live and breathe motor racing, so uh, I think you'll find that internationally the spec of cars off the production line right now are all ethanol compliant. But the problem we're going to have is, is any car built previously May or may not be, and let's not let's go back that we just had recently. With the unleaded and leaded scenario. Absolutely, and let's let's go back two years ago when the V8 Supercar Group decided that the Shell V Power Racing, which had a 10% ethanol component, was to be the control fuel. I know a lot of reports of damaged fuel cells because the equipment wasn't compatible with the ethanol, and that that's got to be a concern for people running a, a 96 Corolla. Yeah, exactly. Is that car going to be ethanol compatible? Uh, obviously, the 2008 Corolla. It'll work perfectly with it, and it'll probably like um, it. But uh, back into motor racing, it's all about checking your, your fuel cell and and making sure you're running steel braided lines and all the rest of it, as you would to make sure you're on on target. The teams have been doing a lot of work on that, and it's been led by Campbell Little from um, Team Vodafone Triple Eight, who's been working with Stone Brothers Racing Engines, and they've been working up a scenario to change the fuel lines and all that sort of stuff to survive it. <coughs> but as far as the spectators... Once bitten twice shy. I mean, they, they've had to do that because they were caught out early 2006, mm. 2007 when they did a lot of damage to a lot of fuel cells. Yeah. And look, in the overall scheme of things, the budgets that the teams run to is not a big concern, but certainly at, at a privateer level, you'd hate to have to re replace your, exactly. um, yeah. your, your fuel system uh, but because you ran the wrong fuel. The upshot for V8 spectators, though, is that all they'll see is that the cars will go as fast as ever, they'll sound yes, the same, they won't but any what they will have to do is, and that's why it's been introduced into um, most of the sprint rounds as well as the endurance rounds, is they'll now have to have fuel, fuel stops because the 120 litre tank capacity won't, cut it. Um, won't go the race distance now because it's a third of the um, 
you know, fuel economy, for want of a better term, has been cut off. So that in- introduces another strategic element into the racing next year, hoping that ho- hopefully that will liven it up along with the changes to the tyres where they now have a second option of a soft tyre. And in fact, they're thinking about widening that to the point where teams, at the moment, broadly speaking, in a sprint round, they have an allocation of 12 tyres. They have to use 12 tyres on that given sprint round weekend. There's now some discussion, and probably will happen, that they'll let teams bank their tyres. So if they don't use 12 tyres, they can carry them forward, and they could actually, you know, there's a scenario where they could save up all their soft compound tyres for a particular round where they see a track with, well, that's where we need sticky gummy tyres, so we'll save up all our soft tyres for that. That's being discussed, it hasn't been decided, but that's one of the changes to the rules that they're looking at for next year in addition to the fuel stops to change the strategic balance. So as far as the spectators are concerned, as the point I was getting at, all the difference they'll see from the cars running ethanol is that they'll have to make compulsory fuel stops um, you know, in sprint rounds. Which could be exciting for us. You're going off to uh, Bahrain in the next couple of days. I am. <clears throat> and uh, I'll be interested to, to hear back from you. You what will. The locals think of the change to ethanol in uh, <laughs> <laughs> and whether exactly. the Bahrain event will be uh, continuing. That's a Your good point, isn't it? They won't it think is. a lot of it, but then will there be stickers think... on the pace cars saying ethanol in 09 Jim Beam car. Well, the cars are already running a small sticker if you look at them now, CSR yeah, ethanol. Is it going to be smaller could you, could you, um, could you Won't be popular, will it? No, it'll be yeah. interesting you wouldn't in the think so. no. I'd yeah, be, interested, be interested to learn if, if they do move from the traditional Avgas being used overseas in the rounds because it is too expensive to send the fuel to Bahrain. So it is a local for source of fuel that they run and that's China exactly my point it's been aviation that fuel, there would so. be a massive irritation factor if mm. they were to try to cry out to bring racing over here yeah. uh, using non-oil derivative <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> it would just be pissing them off big time wouldn't it but it, it would be interesting well, if, if, if the well, oil is oil is actually Bahrain's yeah. big income generator anymore it, that's a a myth. It's fair. It used cars. to be. No, no, no. No, no, no. no. no it's the Honestly, it's no. the grandstand attendance. Well, I'm sorry, but Bahrain's main source of wealth these days isn't oil. They've, they've pretty much run out of what they have, which is just offshore. And there are other areas of wealth in uh, Bahrain, which is trying to make itself a basically a Hong Kong or a Singapore a financial centre. And that's why they're doing events like the Grand Prix and V8s to promote tourism there. Well, good luck with that because it's a stony, sandy desert island, but that's what they're doing. So the oil component is not such a big thing. They're kind of surrounded by it, but they themselves, you know, it's not an oil-rich shakedom anymore as it was. So it's an interesting point that you bring up, what they'll think about ethanol. More interesting is what do they think of V8 supercars because... When we first went there in 2006, three men and a dog came, and the dog was only there to keep the three men in. Last year, noticeably, five men and three dogs. I'm being flippant, but you know there was a noticeable increase in, in a very small crowd. So it's only the third year that yeah. they run there. So Even words, the words people, got out. The people, yeah, the word got out next door. <laughs> come and see this. But it is a 10-year program to build up any sort of visibility and crowd support of V8 racing in uh, in Bahrain. But the Bahrain International Circuit 
have the money and the will to do that and they'll keep funding it just to build up the audience and whether it does or doesn't become a popular sport in Bahrain is highly debatable but that track has more money than any of us would know what to do with and they'll plough it into it to not only promote itself as the motor, the home of motorsport in the Middle East but to build up whatever events they're running. So the V8s are there for five years at least. Oh, That's sure initial you've had enough. You've had too much fun on the show. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Jackie. But you and George have been racing V8Utes together. I mean, you travelled down in the car together. Yeah. Uh, and you stayed further apart than you have been on the racetrack all year. But how's everything going between you? I mean, you all all right? Yeah, no, we're fine, Johnny. George, what's your Jack's going all quiet because I'm Winton, spanking Winton, him this weekend. Winton, Winton, <laughs> we don't want to bring it up. Oh, yeah, well, Winton, Winton, Winton. Look, you know... Um, Come Things on. Racing happens, you know. Jack, if, Jack's if, George's, if I get close enough to George's work and I'll hit him again. <laughs> <laughs> you won't be because I'll be telling you to go the wrong way. <laughs> oh, sorry, no, JP's in, so you might have a chance. Yeah, no, look, look you know. He's Jack's a, uh, <laughs> Jack's a, a, a great competitor, and I don't, don't mean to, uh, to puff him up too much, but, um, you know, <laughs> he, he can't, a little bit more, please. well, a little bit more left. <laughs> well, he can't, he can't seem to qualify, but he races all right, so, look, you know, <laughs> when he spun me around at, uh, at Winton, uh, I was, I was a bit, I was miffed, to say the least, but it's, you know, he's, um, at he, least it's four letters. Well, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've shown a bit more restraint, uh, in this later part of the program, viewers, but, um, no, look, it's, um, it, you know, he's, he's um, good enough to give me a lift down here, and especially seeing as I'm running this weekend on a shoestring, it's really helped me out. Well, it's absolutely great to have you guys down here. Now you've got one round left. Um, what, what do you think? It was a much better idea going to Bathurst, wasn't it? To race Houston, Indy? Yeah. yeah. Bathurst oh. is awesome. Racing at 8 o'clock in the morning. Although we did race at 8 o'clock in the morning. At yeah, but, Bathurst, but, but you race for this. at 8 o'clock in Bathurst, mm. not at Indy. It was fun, wasn't it? Yeah, Bathurst is. I've I've never raced at Bathurst before, and and to to go up there, I mean, there's no track in the world that scares the pants off you four four times a lap like that does, except maybe except maybe the Nurburgring. Um, so to go on a track like that, where um, you know my, my my dad's done 13 1000s, and to be able to even put a lap in at the place is pretty special to me. What did you feel like like going there? And uh, there must have been all sorts of tingles, you know that. Yeah, you know, your dad had been there, even if he was sponsored by like a gravy company. Oxo. Oxo. Stock cubes. Stock that's cubes. Right. That's yeah. right. Good old days. Do you remember Oxo the stock cubes? I used to have a dog called Oxo. That was great. Because <laughs> he was big and beefy. Yeah. It was great. Yeah, I mean, it was it was really good, you know, to get have, you know, the, on the morning of the uh, the Friday before we were due to drive around, I, I we're up there in the in the early morning mist and walking the track and. Is feeding me little nuggets of information, stuff I wouldn't have tried, and all that sort of things. So no, that was really good, you know. And it's it's um, it certainly gave me an edge on a couple of the other guys who hadn't raced there before. There was things that I would have thought were crazy, but when you actually try it, it works. So um, like going flat through. Sword what are you, Park, without, you know? without giving you know all the secrets? Too much away, right, what, yeah. what did your dad? What did your dad? Tell where you? were the four spots where yeah, you what? were really crapping yourself? <laughs> Where, where, well, where were the little interesting nuggets where you can make time up around Bathurst? Well, yeah, there's a there's a, a lot of time coming out of the cutting and up through towards um, uh, up and through McPhillamy and, and Reed Park and all those places. So the, the first time I did um, 
did Sulman Park flat. You, you, you're going through, as Jack would know, you're sort of going through there at the top of third gear and changing the fourth as you're exiting there, and you, you really know you're moving when you're almost sliding, tagging the wall the whole way through. So, didn't you tag the wall actually? On yes, right I, did, Jack. <laughs> I did, Jack. <laughs> I, I did, I did. Yeah. Third race. He must no, have slipped right. with that almost word. Yeah. yeah, almost, almost. Yeah, it's, it's, we'll get into that out. Almost hard enough to uh, no, hard enough to, to do a stab axle in the front, so uh, put me out of the race. And, and uh, you know, what what had been a fairly good weekend of being being right on the pace in the first race, and and, and you know, making a, a, a brilliant when Jack uh, uh, crumbled under the pressure I put on him at Griffin's Griffin's elbow, Griffin's band. The uh, I just cruised through Griffin's and elbow. Griffin's band. Oh, that was one of those. I, uh, <laughs> Yeah, just snuck through and, and, and snuck. He's a snucker. I'm a snucker. Yeah, that's it. Well, you guys might have been doing a lot of Bathurst in that direction, but this lady blocked out all your mistakes, Jacko. Did it actually happen? <laughs> this lady here has done Bathurst here. in the reverse direction. I've done it both ways. I well, well, we're talking about Bathurst at the moment. <laughs> exactly. We're just talking about up from Forest Elbow. Uh, <laughs> tell us about going uphill. <laughs> Come, on, Come on, look at Keithy. When you finish giggling. It, 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 actually, it was pretty awesome, actually. It was really interesting. It was very... It was weird. Because it's like the other way, but better? In a nutshell. Better 50-50, I think. Oh, I think I liked it both ways. But, like, Who did you first go admit, uphill at Bathurst with? In, in racing? Yep. Yeah. Well. Jesus. <laughs> 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 well, you could have been I on the back of a motorbike like, for all we know. Exactly. But, you know. I could have said, uh, walking in a bus, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's what you just... Well, I think it's, it's, it's a one-way road, isn't it? Rallying. Um, yeah. It was with Warwick. Weird what? Weird Warwick. Weird Warwick. With, with, with Warwick. With the Warwick. 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 Yeah, it was with um, Warwick. Blah, blah, blah. In um, two Yes, well, maybe we'll get her on another show, viewers, and she'll be able to tell us just how much she enjoyed going up the no, cutting. No, it was. It was backwards. really interesting going up the cutting differently, coming up over through the top and everything. Like, it was just, it was strange, and especially for him, being a circuit driver and knowing Bathurst very, very well in the right direction, his brain going... You know, this is all opposite. And well, he actually did go off. Because you would have seen lots of telecasts. Well, was, yeah. You would have had to make the pace notes. Well, no, no, made. because back then when we did that event, that was a non-pace noted event. Oh, was so it? So you were not okay. actually allowed to go and look at the stages or drive on oh, really? them or anything. No. So what's um, the point of a navigator? That's just dead well, weight. No, well, no, to George, the there's two different, there's two different the types of backwards. rallying. There's blind rallies and there's pace noted rallies. Right. Okay. So the blind rallies, yes, you're still co-driving and telling them where to go, and you'll—they'll always have you run off the road book. So if, yeah. if they have like something a, like nasty a, in there, yeah. there'll be a caution. If you've got a turn, they'll put the turn in so you don't go the wrong way. Yeah. The same token, you do a lot of sight driving as well for them. If you look as far ahead as possible, and you know you'll try to see things, and if you can see anything gnarly, that you'll tell them. You'll say, "Mate, coming up this or you know whatever." Um, so that was interesting and, and like Warwick did say to me, it was quite funny because the first time we did the first run it was the normal direction but Bathurst has a rule that oh, only nice. the Bathurst 1000 is allowed to use the whole track and then there's one other event that's allowed to use it. Any other event that uses Bathurst track is only allowed to use a percentage of it. 
So what they do is they start you, but they might stop you, say, 400 metres from the end, and that classifies as not using the whole track. So when we did the first run, it was the normal direction, and Warwick, being so used to the track and knowing it, said, don't worry about it, just sit there and hang on. And of course, I've gone, you beauty, this will be the ride of my life. And it was, it was awesome. And he was, you know, clipping the mirrors on the sidewall just to shit me and everything to see if he could freak me out. And all I started doing was giggling, going, how good is this? But when we came up the reverse, where we started on Conrod and went up, that was sort of like, yeah, you're grunting up and everything else. But as soon as we got up to through the S's and everything else, it was just all over Red Rover. We're in the kitty litter. We're everywhere. So, I don't know. Drivers are different than whatever. But it's great both ways. Yeah. Linda, it's now time for JP's local Adelaide country barbecue bumpkin. What's going on this weekend? Well, um, what's going on this weekend? I mean, we've already missed... In the southeast, we are open supermarkets the, regularly. Yeah, we'll get to the southeast in just a second, but uh, all those viewers who uh, who had time to kill uh, yesterday in Adelaide would have um, probably spectated the run-up to the Eagle on the Hill, which was a traditional Grand Prix event, and uh, they put it on every year, unbeknownst to a hell of a lot of people, actually. It's not very well publicised, but a lot of classic car owners do still do the run-up to the Eagle, on the Friday lunchtime, just as they did during the Grand Prix era. For so, those of uh, you who currently come in from Melbourne or uh, or Sydney, perhaps on the Duke's Highway, big long freeway down into Adelaide through the, through tunnels. the tunnels. Never used never to be, used to be like, like that. that. Very yeah. twisty stuff. Truck rolls over, yeah. truck rollers all the time. Oh, yeah, about that. oh yeah. You crashed yeah. a Ducati Corsa there, I know, and uh, not quite, but trouble. Yeah. Many a good race down that road in the, but, on the old road. Oh, the old road was spectacular. Going up was awesome. Yeah. yeah. Don't mention Ash Wednesday no, and the Golden Police Station that didn't burn down. But anyway, yeah. move on. Or the pub that's now decrepit and gone bust because the road doesn't go past it anymore. But there you go. Um, but next weekend, for those viewers in uh, the southeast of South Australia, where I specialise in opening shopping centres, and <laughs> he's, um, he's so busy. And can you believe it? You did shop Victoria. You, know, you rang him the other day. What did they say? Those, Sorry, I'm busy opening shopping. Those guys in Victoria near the South Australian border, down on the coastline there. Next weekend in Mount Gambia is the Legend of the Lake uh, hill climb, um, and apparently it's been oversubscribed this year. There's 123 competitors, and they've only got room to run 110 people. So uh, one of the local boys and one of the Gazard boys is uh, trying desperately to win the event, but last year it was won by a guy who I can't remember the name of because the paper's been covered up by all the chicken wings. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and how good were those <laughs> chicken wings? In a, in a Datsun 260Z. And will a supermarket be opening? No, no supermarket. With that? No. Oh, well. Last time I was down there, they got a new Bunnings store Bunnings. down Gambia, and I tried open Bunnings. So that's a category oh, killer, you know. Exactly. It would be too. A man yeah. opening a Bunnings. I reckon. <laughs> George Perth there he is no, picking up George, the law the, 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 the mag. He's trying to get an entry in, fly down with the helicopter tomorrow. Per capita, there have got to be more supermarket openings in South East and South Australia than anywhere in the world. It's amazing. Who is more popular than JP? How many can they have? Well, it's an expanding part of the world. All that wood chipping. So how do you open a supermarket? You go, da-da, it's open. You got it. Exactly. Gee, that's hard work, it isn't it? Rock up How do I get that job? I'd like to open this supermarket too. now. Okay. Moving right along. I now <laughs> pronounce you open. JP's Gadgets. Special Roast Dinner. Oh, you want the roast dinner? Well, 
Like you take over. Well, I'll take over the roast dinner. You take over. Viewers, as we're on the uh, the cooking bent of the show, and bent. I have to tell you... Donna's getting upset. As we we're drove, not having dinner. As we drove over... She's just Donna. Um, we stopped in this little place called Witchy Proof, of all things. Mm-hmm. And um, we went in the pub for a, uh, a quick counter lunch and had a super deluxe steak sandwich. And so Johnny, in his wisdom, asked the people behind the bar where the uh, meat came from, and sure enough, it was the local butcher just up the road. And uh, so we rocked up there and bought this stupendous looking leg of lamb. From Witchy Poo. Witchy Proof. But we called it Witchy Poo because we couldn't remember. It was scratched off. So I reckon it's going to be a good feed. It was. It and it is fantastic for Well, the, the steak sandwich we had was amazing. It was. So Hang on, there you go. It, it was lamb roast? Yeah, lamb and roast. No, no, we had roast. a steak sandwich. No, we had a steak sandwich. And a pub at the Witchy Poo. We the butchers. At the oh, Witchy okay. Poo. Sorry. So we went, yeah, how good is this? It is steak easy sandwich. to be confused. Let's go and call the butcher. There you go. I'm getting hungry. Yeah, Donna's getting hungry. Now. What have you got, Johnny? I think it's nothing that's going to wind this show up unless you've got a little We've bit of tech. We've got a bit of tech. Got that little bit of tech in there. Linda can tell us. Can I do it? Can I do it? Yes. Can I do it? Yes. Here we go. I've got a very different one. Tech talk. No, sir. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. Tech talk. You haven't said much. Oh, do you have to do that? You don't have to. You can do it. Different every time. You haven't said much. You get all You do the tech talk. I found it, you read it. Oh my god, what's You've this got an about? The magazine, it. we're not sponsored it's by them. It's a cheap. Oh, it's Dean Evans, we'll give him some yeah. love. Yeah, Tarmac Dean Magazine. Good old Tarmac Magazine, a brilliant magazine. It clued us up to it's, a cheap V box. A very nice product. Dean Evans, by the yes. way, I woke up this morning to find my lovely white Evo 9 covered in Tarmac stickers. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Dean Evans has stolen out in the night and covered my car in stickers, so thank you, Dean. Well, it could have been worse. It could have been covered in cement. Smart Dean. Mm. <laughs> I wouldn't mind that. Dean not driving with Samantha this this weekend in he the same car. Changing. Uh, gone back to one of the yeah. uh, uh, earlier blonde flavours of blonde. But um, iPhone becomes iMeter. iPhone does it all and measures performance. JP, I can't read this. It's up to you to tell the story. <laughs> yeah, because your eyes are sight, I don't have yeah, eyes, I viewers. I don't either. None of us do, but anyway. There's this new app called Dinolicious. You should see this. He's holding the magazine. Dinolicious. George, can you read your this? iPhone? Come on, Mark, can you read it? Come on, look at who, who can, can read? read without glasses? <laughs> Short summary, application, you can download on your iPhone. For eight dollars ninety nine, yeah. and triangulates it, yeah. between three towers, gives you elapsed Something. time, speed, yeah. blah 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 blah. It's a V box on mm. the Jeep, guys. Which is awesome. So if you want to well, measure your awesome. acceleration yeah. and G force through the corners, this is a go. I'm getting one. So I'm you can go down to the pub and tell you. Or you can simply send three dollars fifty in coins in an envelope, and you could prove it on your iPhone. One four seven in Cremorne. Attention, the folks. And you'll be in. Yeah. <laughs> Mind you, how does it work while your iPhone's flying backwards and forwards across the it dashboard? It automatically knows. Does it? Well, I mean, I, mean, so I, moved, from, I moved from Adelaide to, you need to, an iPhone to Melbourne and it knows there's a half hour difference. What's the difference between the dashboard? I have no answer to that. There is no answer to that. There's some pretty cool apps out there at the moment. There are some. I've got a great little one for me. What did you get, Linda? I got got one that was on... um, You've led us astray, Mr. Fogues. It's $15. 
Oh, well, $15 isn't bad. It's not for what it does. Yeah. I mean, the one I got was a freebie, but this one's a vehicle log. And for what I do with logistics and having to have so many different rally cars from so many different teams and all their, you know, I have to have everything. There's chassis numbers, their cams, logbook numbers, double like, And this little thing here that I got downloaded for nothing, I can take a little photo of the car. Yeah. And then it has actually all the little info listed out for me, what the vehicle is. Is that you know. Tony Longhurst's car then? No, that's actually um, Les Walton's. Oh, it's Les Walton's. That's what we, L22. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. And um, yeah, so I've I see got, it's got his inside link measurement and everything. That's right. It has Fantastic. every personal detail of the car. And like for a lot of companies or even people that do have a lot of cars and need to keep a log of them yep. and have all this info on tap, it's a great little app. And for nothing... Yeah, and it's just called. It's and just where called did you download it from? Can you remember just from the App Store? Just from the App Store, yep. iTunes okay. App Store. Fantastic. Just put in car vehicle. It comes up with all sorts of wonderful things. It does. It does. Mm -hmm. I don't know, John. What do you reckon? Think I about think it? that's it's the end of Radio Hot Lap ninety nine. The last show. The last show, viewers, that you will be hearing with double digits. Because we're going to become a hundred, we're going to become commercial. Uh, to Donna for her um, relentless uh, efforts in cutting up chicken wings. Donna for being relentless. Mark yeah. Tandy from Elf <laughs> and Elf Fuels, uh, Race Fuels Australia. Fossil Fuels here to stay, thanks, John. Well, I'll, I'll, we'll make you international. I'll support you. Absolutely. Yeah, we love you. Thanks for coming and, uh, you know, just like that and uh, having a bit yeah, of a chat. Yeah, when we caught you as you were walking in the door. George Medici for a coming down here and having Look a go at, at this event and, uh, and for cleaning up and many yeah. wings apparently yeah. and, and, and to be the only person the same height as folks yes I know the, the only person the fourth person he's met in motorsport in the world who can look in, in the I can look at eye to eye well it's business class for you guys for life well that's right Jacqueline L's good Legend. And thanks Legendary. For, uh, hey, thanks for being here today, <laughs> Today, I, I was really listening, enjoyed it. listening to the. Yes, in fact, yeah, we haven't talked I had, about I had two runs in the car today, viewers, you have to know, uh, with Jack, which was very, very nice of him to let me do that. that. We got four runs in, and Johnny had two runs, and I had two. And uh, most enjoyable, and I have to say, I now really sympathise with all the navigators of the world about the amount of concentration required to do what they do, even though they're only ballast. There you go. Thank you, David. That's quite alright. It's very nice of you. You can play for the next time. And John, thanks, John, thanks for coming, by the way. Good to have you on the show. Excellent. Always good to see you. And Linda. Linda. You yeah. do exist. Linda. I thought I you were a myth. I'm not an urban myth. No, you do exist. <laughs> She's come back. Linda has come back. Not for not for episode one. But uh, yeah, Keithy, I'm looking at you. There was something I was. I've I've lost it. There was there was definitely something humorous. But uh, we might come back with an annex. But uh, what is he on about? Thanks everybody for joining in for the show tonight. Good night. Yeah, and thanks Good night. viewers. Good night. Good night. Bye viewers. Bye. Thank God that's over. <laughs> <laughs>